I think it's telling that um, the recording of this episode is happening at the same time as the Presidia meteor shower uh, in uh, in southern Ontario. Here, there's a uh, if you haven't uh, if you don't know about the Presidia uh, meteor shower, it happens every year in and around this time, and you look up in the sky and there are just hundreds of shooting stars every single night. I can never see those shooting stars. No, it's <laughs> usually usually cloudy when uh, when yeah. this is happening. Yeah, but uh, just our luck. Yeah, exactly right. But uh, it, I think it's 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 perfect timing for for this episode. Um, waiting for a star to fall by Boy Meets Girl. I'm super excited for this song, and this I say this most episodes, but I really really mean it. This is one of my all time favorite songs. And is a contender for like the greatest 80s song for what it is and what it brings to the table. We say this every single episode, I think, but this is such a positive, fun, amazing song. And it just sort of encapsulates, if that's a word. It is. Uh, everything that the late 80s music that we love is all about, I think, is just right in this one song. So welcome to Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures. Tonight we're going to talk about the amazingness and or you know it could be morning when you're listening to this uh, to the podcast but we're going to be talking about the amazingness uh, of boy meets girls waiting for a star to fall. Let's start by just talking about boy meets girl. Yes. As a as a duo and what they did before. So yeah. uh, their names are George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam. I got that right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure she'll call us if we pronounced it wrong. And if you're listening, you too, we love your music. This is this if you are listening, and I, I really hope that you are, this is probably one of the best songs that we could ever do an episode on. And if you listener are listening to this, we love you too. Yes, we love our listeners. We do. Yeah. We appreciate you being here for us and mm-hmm. and and walking this journey with us. And downloading our podcast and giving us five-star reviews all over the place. Nice. Nicely done. I thought so. Um, all right. Let's start with, uh, well, they meet at a um, at a wedding for one of the members of the Boeing family, if I'm, spell- if I'm pronouncing that right, of the, air- the airplane. Bo- Boeing? Boeing? Boeing. Do they drop bombs too, or is that Bombardier the only one? I I don't know. I th- I I think Boeing is just the uh I think they just do passenger airplanes, but okay. I could be completely All wrong. All right. Let's Boeing stay out of the military stuff, please. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening as well. Um but they met at a wedding, which is which is fitting because I think uh for about 5 years in the late 80s early 90s this song was played at every single wedding. I think it was a prerequisite. Oh my goodness. I hope they put, played it at my wedding. If I I, I don't remember, but I, I Neither do I. I was... uh, You should have um, requested it. I should have. I should have. I'm a terrible, terrible person if I didn't. So they moved to LA 
and they are song they're they're backup singers and they're songwriters mm-hmm. so uh this is a i was really excited for what, what i found out here they did the backup vocals for let's hear it for the boy oh really yeah so if you think about towards the end of the song yeah yeah um there that those those classic backing vocals are yep. boy meets girl oh, okay yeah wow So that was it was through Denise Williams. That was where they were first kind of got their break. Yeah. I think they might have written some songs for her too. But of course, that's not the big, big break. No, no. The the big, big break uh, came from uh, from Whitney Houston. They wrote two songs for, for Whitney Houston and two like big, big hits too. My two favorite Whitney Houston songs. Yeah, yeah. So the first was How Will I Know. That was the first one. That they wrote. And Frank, you know this because you've been doing research today. I did a little bit of research. All right. Who did they write How Will I Know for? How will, well, for Whitney Houston. They did not. Oh. Yes. In the end, they did. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was for Janet Jackson. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't, uh, yeah. I didn't see that in my uh, 30 seconds of research. <laughs> so Janet Jackson, they were taking a different um, sort of uh, musical direction with her control album. So oh, okay. they weren't interested in it. But Clive Davis liked the song and he had a new unknown singer he wanted to give it to, which was Whitney Houston. Yeah. Okay. So that was, uh, so Hell I Know is awesome. That's such a great song. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the, uh, the, the other song, um, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I just said I love Hell I Know. But I want to dance with somebody is just, well, that's like a Boeing rocket going into space. I don't think they do rock space oh, rockets. Okay, I wanted to try to bring them in as much as I could today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you listen to to Whitney's first album, I'm going to say that those are those are the two best songs on the album, like hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the so for that's from the, her first two albums. And oh, then, sorry, first yeah. two albums. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's fine. I don't want to be that guy to, um, I am that guy who's correcting you. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. I've, uh, I've been admonished. <laughs> that's, right. that's okay, Frank. You'll get it next time. Let's see if we get the next question. <laughs> oh, there's more questions? Jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I've uh, exhausted all my research already. All right, so they got those, and now they have Waiting for a Star to Fall. Frank, could you give us the uh, genesis of this song? Yes. So, Boy Meets Girl, uh, they are a married couple at this point, because uh, they, they, mar- they were married in the early 80s, I believe. They are at a Whitney Houston concert at the Greek. It's an outdoor concert. I think it's an outdoor concert. It is. Yes. Well, it better be. It better be, or else, or else this is a very tragic, uh, tragic story. Um because they they saw a shooting star at the concert, and that inspired them to write this song. Yeah, Shannon Rubicam looks up in the air, sees a shooting star, grabs her notepad, and then writes down "Waiting for a Star to Fall" and puts it into her purse. Yeah. Now, Frank, do you carry with you a booklet just so you'll have things ready for this podcast? No, like, no, no, no. I, I, I uh, rely on my razor-sharp memory. Okay. 
I, I carry a booklet. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah, it's right in front of me. Yes. <laughs> but uh, but no, like that that's like so serendipitous, right? Like they, they're at a Whitney Houston show. They see the star falling. And then what gets, uh, what makes the story even better, I think, is they write the song and they give it to Whitney's people again. And they reject it. And when you when you listen to the song and knowing this that it was originally written for Whitney Houston, you could you could hear this song being uh, in like mid to late eighties uh, Whitney Houston's catalog. It's it's completely right in her wheelhouse. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so uh, Clive Davis rejects this song and says, "Nah, we we don't want that for for uh, for Whitney." So then uh, they shop it around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Belinda Carlisle records uh, it. Did you hear the um, demo version on YouTube? No, I haven't. I haven't heard it. But uh, don't. No, that oh, bad, eh? Well, it, was, uh, it might make you. I don't know. Demos are um, sometimes the vocals aren't there, and yeah, and yeah, the yeah. instruments not there. Yeah, and sometimes they're both not there. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, fair enough. But uh, but Belinda, like Belinda Carlisle begrudgingly uh recorded the uh recorded the song for her album but refused to put it on uh she she really did not like the song and the song did not fit i mean to be fair to belinda carlisle no i was saying the demo was bad but it was bad because it didn't fit her voice and it didn't fit her um her musical style yeah now there was one other person who was thinking of recording it that i found it was i did a deep dive into robert palmer okay so they they asked him, I guess the producer of this song, who ended up producing mm-hmm. it, Arif Marden, hope I'm saying that right, um, he ended up producing it, and then he asked Robert Palmer not to do the song or okay. to hold hold off on it or something okay. like that. Yeah, I'm 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 trying I'm trying to trying to hear Robert Palmer singing this song. I I don't know I don't know if I I can make it work. No, I don't think it works. No. I can think of some other people. Yeah. But we'll save that for later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so after shopping it around and getting turned down, they're like, well, we'll just record it ourselves. So they they record the song as as a part of their second album. And like just bam, magic. Like this song comes out and it's just, it's it's perfect pop. It's perfect pop. I mean, and if you're one of these band, if you're someone who's done this song, you're you're. It's kind of a curse now because it is so perfect that yeah. anything else you do won't meet up to these standards. I listened to the the real life album, the album that it's on today. This first song is called "Bring Down the Moon," which was the second single, and it's good. Like I listened to it, and like, oh, this is a good song, but it because of waiting for a star to fall. It just it couldn't match that in terms of what it did in the cultural moment too, and so this becomes a song that just defines them and then places them in this period of time, despite their desires to get out of that. And then of course, the '90s are coming up, and yeah. no one's surviving that, like no. the synth, the the sax, the synth, all these things yeah, that make I'm, the song perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? It just it doesn't uh, doesn't fit in that uh, in that specific genre. You know, this has me thinking, just as a side note here, Frank, that 
when we've talked about this before when like grunge music kind of came on the scene it was like yeah. a meteor taking out all the dinosaurs yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. that included anything with the sax and the synth they're all gone and all the the hard rock and hair metal and all that yeah. other sort of stuff yeah so what bill and frank's guilt-free pleasures does is excavates for the gems that we lost with the meteor shower our podcast is essentially Jurassic Park for amazing music. Yes, that's we are Jurassic Park for amazing music. We are we are bringing we are bringing the music back to life, back oh. to reality. So uh, they, I listened to some demos yep. of stuff they did. I listened to the demo they did for Whitney Houston's "I Want to Dance with Somebody." Okay, shockingly good okay. in terms of i knew i knew they're good i just didn't know after belinda carlisle's demo yeah i just assumed demos would just be terrible yeah, yeah. but the demo for so, I wanted, so they recorded it themselves they eh? did yeah you can find it on wow. youtube okay. and on their i think on their website too yeah and it is really it's also on itunes according to oh. the george merrill just putting that out there but you can <laughs> it's um do people buy on itunes i i do I still know. um I just um I was listening to it and it was so good mm-hmm. and all the stuff the the bones of the song and the vocals yeah. are there oh, okay. nailed it and so Whitney does her thing which takes it to yeah another Whit- level. Whitney's Whitney right yeah. so like yeah but it's incredible. They had a working demo already for this. I didn't get a chance to hear it because I couldn't yeah. find it online. I didn't I didn't call up the Boy Meets Girl to ask them to play it yeah. for me. It might be somewhere on the dark web. Yeah, we'll have you maybe research that later. So they had a demo ready, brought it to the producer. Yeah. And the producers, who is Arif Marden, mm-hmm. and he listens to it. And they're just sitting there nervous because they want him to produce their album. And then they see a smile come on his face and he says, we have a hit here. And so he's the one who brings in all these different layers of sounds into it. So whatever, I don't know what they had on the demo, but the finished product is definitely a very layered thing. Yeah, yeah. And because um, even even when when you uh, when you listen to the song, the opening little synth, right? Like there, yeah. there's a little little bit of a almost like a prelude to to when before the song really kicks in, and you're not sure exactly what you're gonna get, but then, bam, the song really starts and and hits it. So, like, uh, it, it is really synth driven at the start of the uh, start of the song, right? Yeah. So. And then that saxophone comes in. Yes, yes, and that's uh, just after after the bridge. I think it's around the three ten mark of the song. So, oh, the, you... oh, I was just even thinking at the very beginning of the song. Does is there sax? Yeah, at the beginning it's of immediately the song? after what you're describing. The sax comes in. Oh, okay, so the sax comes in twice. The, yeah, the three ten one is like un- yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, but that first one, they go right to sax right away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
it's Andy Snitzer, who's a who's a well-regarded jazz musician from yeah. when I could see in my research, but he hadn't been on anything yeah. much up until that point. And so he was coming from a bar mitzvah. He had just performed at a bar mitzvah. So he's still in his bar mitzvah clothes. In one session, he nails all these parts. Yeah. And it's you you hear it in the song and so it's just perfect i mean so many things about the song are perfect the the production the vocals are so on they said he the the um shannon is really the um she's the co-writer but she's a lyricist from what i gather so those lyrics are mostly hers yeah and so it's kind of odd because that means usually if you're doing lyrics i think you're kind of doing the melody as well yeah and so she's hearing someone else singing you know, the melody she's written. Yeah, her song, right? She yeah. said it works because he nailed it. It wouldn't yeah. have worked if I had sang it. Yeah. Um, and so she's, and she's got a fine singing voice. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's, um, so that was par- part of this is just all these things falling in place at the right moment. And, and you know what? And, and you said like, there's, there's so much good happening in the song, but without the sax, like it, it, it just, it takes a song up to 11, right? Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. I I don't think you you can't have that song without the sax. Like yeah. it, it's it's still a it's, a, it's still a, a a ten. Yeah, that sax makes it yeah. a ten plus one. Yes. So we're going through. If we go through song, definitely the sax solos are huge. That would be the winner of the song. The synth is great. So your favorite part is the sax three ten mark. Yeah, there, there's the there's the three ten mark, but there's also the um, the uh, the bridge that happens right before the uh, right before the, uh, the the sax solo, and and I like it because it's. Um, the lyrics are almost like a little bit of a conversation, right? Like a conversation yeah. that someone's having with themselves. Oh, that's good. Good observation. I'll just uh, um, shout out the lyrics here for the bridge. It's waiting. Then it's like there's kind of a, a call and answer. However with, long. Yes, exactly. So I'll, I'll, I'll do the call. You do the answer. You don't have to sing that necessarily, okay. Bill. Okay. <laughs> so it's waiting. However long. I don't like waiting. I'll wait for you. It's so hard waiting. Don't be too long. Seems like waiting. Waiting. Makes me love you even, even more. more. Like, it, it's just, it's such a great little uh, back and forth, I, I, I think. Because yeah. it's like, he's saying, he's saying these words, but, you know, he, he hates waiting, but he's going to wait for, for her. Yeah. And then when the, when the keys hit at that moment, yeah. in the video, you just see his hands go all over the keyboard. Yeah. That is my favorite moment of yeah. the song. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you on it. And and I, I like there's a and I don't know if this is intentional necessarily, but uh, I think there is a, a a bit of foreshadowing in the opening lines of the of the song. Uh, the third line is uh, 
I hear a song blow again and again. I think that's a, a foreshadowing to to the sax solo. Oh, that's, that, that's 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 just that's my my humble humble opinion. Wow, that's some that's good to play on words because that was referring to I hear your name whispered on the wind. Yes, but that's good. I okay. like that reading though. The song blow again, and so it's like oh the wind, but the blow is yeah. the saxophone. I think so. That's wow. that's, that's that's great. That's how I interpret things. The only qualm I have is on the official lyrics. I don't yeah. I don't know if this happens in the song, so we'll play it after this, and then we'll know. I wish I didn't feel so strong about you. Now here so tell me what you think is said in the song, okay? I wish I didn't feel so strong about you. What's the next line? I don't know. I thought it was, but happiness and love revolve around you. Okay, but here's the official lyrics. I wish I didn't feel so strong about you, like happiness and love revolve around you. I don't understand that. I understand if the like is a but. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I'm 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 reading. Uh, yeah, the the lyrics I see here. Uh, yeah, is like happiness and love revolve around you. That doesn't make. I don't understand that sentence because I wish I didn't feel so strong about you. Like happiness and love. I don't see how that's a comparison. Yeah, but but there's a but. Yeah, I I, I wish I didn't feel so strong about you. But you know what? Happiness and love revolve around you. I want to be around happiness and love. Yeah, absolutely. I want you to help me with some more lyrics here, Frank. Okay. I've learned to feel what I cannot see, but with you, I lose that vision. Now, he has learned to feel what he cannot see, but with her, he's lost that vision. But, okay, so the vision was already lost in that line because he can't, he feels it. he can't see. But he's saying then she has caused him to lose even knowing how he feels. Is that, that confuses me too, because it sounds like he knows exactly how he feels in this song. I try not to poke holes in this song. Sorry. Because <laughs> okay. it just, there's so many feels that go along with this song that when I think about it critically and grammatically, that it just, uh, I, I don't want to do that to this song. And you know what? We don't need to because the feels are so real. Yeah. I don't need to see through this any other way. because yeah. Well, well, you've lost that vision. Yeah. I, I've learned to feel what I cannot see yeah. or I cannot critique yeah. when a song is this good. Yeah, exactly. There, there, there are definite blinders that are put on yeah. because of the, because of this tune. Yeah, and that's what love is, maybe. Yeah, I sure. Why not? <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Um, we've we've hit up some lyrics. Anything else we got to say about? Uh, I want to do justice to this, but is there anything? Well, we, we need to we need to talk about that video. Yes. So the the video the video it, it suits the song so much. Yes. Because uh it's it's the two of them singing and dancing 
and playing this song interspersed with the what I can only assume is them as like children, sort of like frolicking and playing right. and and whatnot. But the song is so amazing, and I'm just so glad that they were singers and songwriters and not dancers because the dancing in the video is just not good but it's it's not good but it is so good because there's just so much joy and happiness that comes from this song bill was saying earlier it's it's uh it's like us dancing yeah I was, like how we dance yeah when when, when like not together well yeah we Sometimes. usually break it down dur- during the recordings so we have a dance party if we need to you know. yeah get things going here shake things up and then get back to podcasting yeah but uh, but they dance like real people yeah real people who are having a great time and who are in love yeah i was watching it on top of the pops they did i, th- I think it was top of the pops they they did a they only lip sync this just bummed me out i couldn't find them on like johnny carson or anything yeah. singing this song but they only lip sunk lip sunk the song lip synced lip synced lip synced the songs lip synced the okay. songs <laughs> And they were, um, I was watching them dance like, ooh, I don't know about those moves. I don't think that would make it today. Then I thought, that is exactly how I dance. Yeah. Like just yeah. even the finger snapping and the moving of the shoulders, yeah. not a lot of leg movement. That's uh, that's me carving out my space on the wedding dance floor. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're out there just listening to their heart song and dancing. Pure joy. They're dancing to their heart song. It's so, fantastic. The music video, whoever the director was, I forgot to take down his name but he was so interested in them as a married couple that he Mm -hmm. wanted to feature things so the kids in the video the the little blonde girl is their daughter hillary okay yeah so they have this like the bubbles and they have the the little girl and her friends they actually just their friends are there and they're just trying to catch the bubbles and so they're running on the beach together. They're at their house. So I think they filmed it in their house. Yeah, okay. And so even things with her riding the bike around the house, yeah. which he jokes like, yeah, that happens every day, but it, which isn't true. I think they're just like, drive the bike around. I think they might have been trying to entertain the kid yeah. who wasn't on in the shop, but they might have been trying to keep her quiet or happy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could, it seemed like a video about two people who wrote a song and are now like performing the demo for it. Yeah. It was great. They're just so... Um, happy and it was just like and it nails the that part that breakdown part with yes. the keys i mentioned earlier is just so perfectly put there yep and then there's little things like he's got the water thrown on him early in the beginning yeah, like, yeah it's sort yeah, of yeah. like zany stuff it's yeah. like oh look at this what a happy couple and they're they're yeah they're pranking each other yeah they're having water fights in that yeah in that and house. she's she's she runs like a gymnast on the beach i'm not sure about his running stride you're the runner but i watched her run it was almost more like gazelle-like leaps or a floor pro- program not so much a real chariots of fire run on the yeah, beach or yeah. rocky three run on the beach well which is probably the greatest run on the beach sequence we've uh, anyone's ever put on film right <laughs> better than chariots of fire yeah rocky. oh wow that'll come up in our evangelist versus survivor that'll be a future episode yeah <laughs> uh the fascinating thing with them is they got divorced in like the year 2000 yeah I know they were married for so long and then and just, got divorced. Yeah. They stayed together as a band. So they're both remarried. Yeah. And they are still performing together as a band. And now, I mean, they're pushing 70 now. And yeah. They're still together. They're still writing together. Their spouses are okay with it. That's such an incredible accomplishment as, as adults. Yeah. That is totally graceful and also speaks to like a friendship. That's, yeah. I've never heard of something like that actually happening and actually being true i just never believed people when they said they were still friends yeah 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 it's uh 
Yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a lie. Yeah, but these I've, I've for, told that lie a bunch of times. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to go to categories? Yeah, let's do some categories. Great. All right, I have one for you, Frank. We know that this was featured in Three Men and a Little Lady. Yes, which came out I think in 1990. This song came out in '88. Yeah, and kind of I think it might have peaked in '89, but it was out in '88. And by the time it was in Three Men and a Little Lady, it already felt dated because it was the 90s. It, it, it didn't work. Yeah. And, the, and Three Men and a Little Lady, as much as I wanted it to be great, just wasn't. It no, didn't it's... match Three Men and a Baby. No, 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 no. It's definitely not uh, the dancing Gutenberg Selleck uh, uh, classic of, uh, of a few years pre. Yeah, very disappointing. It was yeah. a very disappointing. So I want to come up with either another movie or tv show that could feature this either as a tv theme like theme music for an episode or to or to sort of take place as a musical what do they call it a like a montage yes a montage sequence yeah do you have any movies or shows that you think would work for this it's uh it's tough to say because it, it i think it would slide in so nicely with anything from um like any sort of sitcom from 88 to 90 yeah any any of those like abc class perfect strangers that would be jennifer and larry i don't think balky and marianne work no 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 i got one for you who's the boss i think this works perfectly for who's the boss yeah 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 i think yep um let me see what else i've written down here i got who's the boss oh skippy and mallory family ties okay so you put nick out of the picture Mm mm-hmm and now Skippy and Mallory get together. This is Skippy's song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this should have been this, the, the this alternate title. Skippy's song. Yeah. Um, the one thing, uh, there was a short-lived show, which was the same producers or whatever as a, a Beverly Hills 90210 called The Heights. Yes. Early, early 90s. Yes. And I, I feel that they could have sang this song on that episode. Yeah, they had a style that seemed to kind of fit it, even though it was the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Michael Bolton could pull this off. I, you know, typically uh, I would say yes, because I think Michael Bolton can almost do no wrong, but I'm going to disagree on this one. Whoa, schism. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, I want you to, I'll put my argument forward. Now, he's not the same voice. No. But he can go high. Yes. He can go low. And... I think he could like, I mean, he will have to boltonify it though. Yeah. But I can hear him doing all this. I don't know if it would be good. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Michael Bolton's covers of like sitting on the dock of the bay and stuff like that. Uh, but, probably one of the greatest covers of all time. But right. see, now we've now, we both have something we can wait. No, now I, now I disagree with you yeah. on something. <laughs> okay. So Frank, I got that out there. Is there anyone you can think of? Well, you gave me one. You gave me the heights. Is there any yep. other artists? Well, I mean, there's obviously there, there's Whitney Houston because the song was written for Whitney Houston. Good call. Um, you need someone that that has a positivity about them. And I'm going to name a contemporary who's also a very bad dancer. I think Carly Rae Jepsen would knock this one out of the park. Wow. Nicely done, Frank. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like it, it's, it, I think it's right in her wheelhouse. And Carly Ray, I'm assuming that you're listening. I would like to hear this song covered by you on your next album. All right, Carl, you heard it here. Bill and Frank's Guilt Free Pleasures. 
Um, we, we were minor shout out Carly, but you do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm going to put this out there. Let's hear it. I've been accused of being too much of a moralist in how I do the episodes that someone says, it feels like I'm listening to someone from church, give like a Sunday school lesson. Well, I don't, I don't know where that's coming from, but there's something about this song that almost fits into like a perfect sort of, um, true love waits yeah song like oh, it's absolutely a, yeah it's a, it feels like a celebration of chastity yeah. so if uh, if you're you know like people getting married out of a youth group uh this would be a song that they've they've waited so long yeah uh that this is the song they go down to the aisle they leave the aisle too it, it make it makes sense i mean for for someone who's waited and waited and <laughs> waited it's uh it, it 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 does sort of have that uh, have that uh, exactly that that true love uh, true love feel about it. Just like you know, love waits, and not necessarily for moral reasons, but for you know, you're willing to wait for the person. Yeah. So, this and song, I'm still waiting. <laughs> this song is such a perfect song for people who are stuck in this sort of unrequited love thing and it's probably like the worst thing for them oh yeah, is to yeah hear this. exactly <laughs> it was definitely the worst thing for us whenever we yeah. heard it it definitely just was like yeah this is what it means it still might be a bad thing for me i don't know <laughs> it could be i was told by a frequent listener uh chelsea who said that basically you have two things in most of our songs they're either longing or losing yeah and i think it's like these are love songs there's either a love song that's about longing for someone yeah or about losing someone yeah well this is definitely a a, a longing song yeah and so but it unlike the sad depressing longing songs yeah. this is like joyful well yeah yeah this is this is someone they've they've gotten to the mountaintop right yeah like they've 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 achieved they've they've waited but did they ever get the girl in the song I'm assuming so. It's so happy. I'm, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just assume because it's such a happy song that uh, that everything worked out in the end. Are you like me where if you like the song enough and even though it leaves things open, like, no, 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 they're together. Yeah, it's revision- that's how the, basically that's- it's revisionist history. If I like it enough, I'm, I'm going to create my own, my own narrative about it. Right. So um, I don't know if this would be a Hallmark movie because I sometimes will ask about Hallmark. I think yeah. you're going to, I would put this straight to a, a big budget romantic um, Absolutely. comedy. Yeah, based on this song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's my. Uh, that's my. It could I, be. It could be a, a rom com about astronauts in love. It could be. Yeah. That's it. We touched on lyrics, but the lyrics are kind of all over the place. You've read them, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're all over the place. They yeah. don't make any sense. Yeah. Which is what a pop song, almost like ideally in a pop song, yeah. is not about... Because you're not the, thinking about the lyrics. You're just thinking about how you feel. If right? I want to study something, I'll read a Leonard Cohen song and yeah. I won't get it. Yeah. But if I want to feel something, yeah, this is the this. song. Yeah, absolutely. When you write out your feelings, doesn't they don't need to make sense. No, your feelings don't make sense on paper. They make sense in your heart.
I don't know what more we could say. No, exactly. So um, as we as we close off this uh, this podcast, and uh, Bill and I go longingly outside to watch the Presidia uh, meteor shower, we uh, hope that you enjoyed coming along on this uh, this journey of a uh, boy meets girl with us. This has been Bill and Frank's Guild Free Pleasures, and please keep dancing, just like the two in this video. And remember, even if someone's making fun of the music you like, we like your music, and we like you.